Hello, everybody. This is the Winning in Winnipeg podcast, where we talk to top performing business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, and local Winnipeg celebrities. We get to learn who they are, how they think, and we get to learn their perspectives about what's really going on in Winnipeg and their businesses. Today, I have Joe Paisecki. Joe is the founder and co-owner of Maximum Wealth Strategies here in Winnipeg. I've been fortunate enough to know Joe for a little over five years now. I'm really excited to have him on because he brings more than 35 years of market experience with him in insurance, financial services, and he's even built a successful company in the trades. Joe is an investor, a financial consultant, and one of the most diligent, disciplined, strategic, and organized minds that we have had on. I know there's a lot more that I could tell you about him, but I'm just going to let him tell you the rest. Joe, thanks so much for being here. Thank really you cool. for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of the big questions is that, I mean, everyone's getting is, how are you? Good, good. It's, uh, you know, things are different than they were a couple of years ago. Um, in a good way, uh, our businesses uh, slowed down. I had time to think about working on the business, not in the business. And you start questioning, well, what's the real purpose of what we're trying to achieve? And we've changed uh, that whole process around immensely in a, in a very positive way. And so, this, is, this is Maximum Wealth? Maximum Wealth, plus I'm also the founder and uh, majority owner of another business center where Maximum Wealth is located in called I for Business Center. Mm-hmm. And I is spelled E-Y-E. Entrepreneurs, you to joy is on that. So beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So I want to dive. I want to kind of get into give some context as far as who you are and what you do. Um, so to dive in a little deeper, um, you know, I just, I want to know more about you. Kind of everyone's got an origin story where they started, and whether where that starts is completely up to you, but. You know, from where you've come from, where where did it all start? Well, uh, I'm 57 now. 43 years ago, almost to the day, um, I was 14 at the time I took a phone call. And the phone call was from the St. Boniface Hospital telling me that uh, my mother was in the hospital. And she ended up passing away two days later from a brain aneurysm. She was 42 years old. Um, we had no, she had no insurance, no coverage. Uh, seven months later, I had, uh, my older brother was killed in a motorcycle accident two months after he got married and she was severely injured. She lived. Um, my father wasn't much of a dad. He was never around. So I was 15 years old, raising my little brother going into grade 10. So you, you, you kind of grow up pretty quick when those things kind of happen. Um, but uh, I'll be honest, there was one thing I was kind of good at, and that was sports, particularly football. And football probably saved my life uh, because, you know, there's the dark things out there when you're young and you're on your own, you can do whatever you want. And football gave me a lot of life skills mm-hmm. that kind of made me who I am today on many fronts. One, compassion or being passionate about it, being able to compete, learning how to win, learning how to deal with adversity, being part of a team, discipline, um, team environment, focusing on goals, learning how to grind. Grind is a very important thing. It's doing the things 
that no one else sees that you do behind the scenes day in, day out to achieve great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another term, most people look at me when I say the term, they you know, what does that mean? Deliberate practice. And what that is in my business is working on things that are outside of the box where it's mentally draining, uh, but you're stretching your mind to create new opportunities for your clients. Right. And that's where you need quiet time, And uh, but it's hard work. People always say to me, how's your week going? I said, the week's been great. The weekend's coming up. And they, they say, well, what are you doing this weekend? Well, it's heavy lifting. I, that's when I think. And they look at me like I'm whacked, but that's that's when I come up with some of my most creative ideas. Mm-hmm. And then the neat thing about football, on top of all that, I, I it's truly to me the greatest team sport because you need all shapes and sizes. The old linemen, the big fat overweight guys, they are usually the funniest people you'll meet. And so you just just the the team environment it was just fantastic for me, but. Uh, you know, getting back to the grind, though. So, to, you know, kind of put it in perspective, you know, we used to play the games on Saturday afternoon, be done by 4.30. Mm-hmm. Well, after the game, I'd have to hustle down to Stafford uh, Avenue or Street uh, where I was working as a dishwasher at Salisbury House, and I'd have to put in the Saturday 5 to 11 shift. Some of those days were tough because my hands were so swollen from the game, I couldn't even grip the cutlery to put in the dish or they kept falling through my hands, but you know, you had to provide. So you, mm-hmm. you made ends meet, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of how, how what, long did you play? I played seven years and, uh, linebacker. You, no, what, I was a running play? back. You know, you yeah. want to talk about being humbled, um, <laughs> going from, um, MVP of the league in 1979 as the tailback. And I moved up to, uh, at the time was Fort Gary Lions football midget, which is equivalent to high school today. And they were a dynasty back then. And you go from MVP of the league to fifth string running back the next year. So that was pretty humbling, but yeah, uh, whatever. I, I, yeah. I know that feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, So that was kind of the base for my background. I had great coaches who were mentors, life mentors. I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people who've, you know, the, in most cases the wheel's already been invented. And uh, if you if you go out and reach out for those kind of people. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where things started with me. Right. So from football, mm-hmm. that was, you played until you were? 20. 20 years old. Yeah. I blew up my knee in the championship game when I was 16. And uh, <clears throat> I had to become, I had to wear like a Dieter Brock knee brace. So when you're a speed guy, uh, well, I wasn't a speed guy because the good. knee brace weighed five pounds on the other leg. So I became a 175-pound fullback. Right. And I'll tell you, when you're going up against 255-pound linebackers, you know, I, I realized it wasn't for me. But it was, it was a great learning. We won on three, five straight championships. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in touch with some of the, the guys we played with, right? So Yeah, yeah. So you're 20 years old. You had just finished football. What does that look like? Now? Well, I was, I was going to university at the time, taking business of men. Okay. And uh, my grandfather, who actually, his name was Paul Braun of Paul Braun Construction. He actually built the floodway for Duff Roblin in the 60s. Crazy. And a very successful um, business owner in his own right. And I remember him telling me, Joey, if you want to amount to anything in life, you got to become an accountant. So I go to Asper, 
do the first series of midterms and I got like a 34% and I go, well, Jesus might be, maybe I better look at marketing. <laughs> so that's, and that's what I did. So I've always been a person that gets along with people. Is that why you went into business like in school because your grandpa or? Uh, or yeah, 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 mainly because of him and, and the, I, I, I like numbers and whatever. So it just, it was a natural and it was the best decision I ever made because yeah. it's, that's, what I've kind of evolved to over mm-hmm. the years. So, yeah. see, I have a I I went the other way, is when I was trying to figure out all my friends were going into. Uh, we were at the U of S, University of Saskatchewan, mm. and we were all going into uh, commerce, so business, marketing, accounting, yep. all that, and they've they've got a great uh, commerce program there. And uh, my dad asked me, he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Why would you go into that?" Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know that you want to become a firefighter. Right? It's it was already right oh, it was yeah. established, and I yeah. and I knew very mm-hmm. very early on. Um, it's funny that I do what I do now because mm-hmm. it's always kind of been there. But yeah, I kind of went the other way, where my influence was saying, like, "You're very good with your hands. You yeah. know, you're th- do that, and you know what you're doing, right? You've yeah, yeah. you got a path there. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if it's. It's it's just interesting to hear why what influences right how yeah. parents grandparents oh yeah uh, anything like that yeah. right I think I think uh, our education system because um, I deal with finance and business and all that there's a real need for the term I, I'm going to call is financial intelligence oh, yeah. and uh, understanding um, just the bare bones on finance it's just lacking there's not much at least when i went in the mid 80s there was no real train on goal setting and and what do you want to do in life right and and so um but anyways that's that's here nor there but that's kind of what i i view but getting back to one of the other things i guess it's kind of ironic i'm doing what i do today because in in my life with the you know the the tragedies I, I went through, like with neither my mom or my older brother having proper foundation insurance in place, mm-hmm. you know, no one planned for that to happen, but they just failed to put a plan in place, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that, uh, you know, the young people get exposed to this kind of stuff, right? And uh, get ahead in there. I don't think I thought about insurance until I was in my... Well, I got critical illness insurance when I when I first got on the fire department. Okay, yeah, but that's it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, the mindset is, hey, we're young, we're strong, we're never, you know, this can't happen to me. But you know, when you're on my side and you, you see things, uh, no, it can have. There's, you know, life right. isn't fair, right? Uh, there's an old saying someone told me a long time ago: everyone's got an expiry date, we just don't know when it is, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And so you built your first, what was the first thing that you, you did out of university? So I, I got hired by uh, London Life Group Insurance. I'm actually a, originally a group insurance manager. Okay. And um, <laughs> the guy who trained me was a real practical joker. And actually, he's moved on, and he's now the CEO of Canada Life, Jeff McCowan. Oh, wow. And I got fabulous training, but um, yeah, great, great individual, super leader, and he's doing a great job where he is now at Canon mm-hmm. Life. And, uh, and his brother-in-law is uh, uh, Richard Enright, who's the uh, founder or owner of 
the Boston Pizzas here, mm-hmm. and Popeyes, another another great guy. So just great exposure. But after doing that for about five years, it gave me the good foundation of dealing with business owners. But I was always an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I came across when I was in uh, London, Ontario, for head office training one year. I saw these uh, these people in a separate room putting these color coded labels on the Manila folder. And it, it was like six digits long. And I kind of said to myself, well, there's an easier way to do that. Why don't you just make one label that has the six digits? So I came up with the concept in my head, but I needed someone to make it for me. Mm-hmm. So I was introduced to uh, a printer here in Winnipeg. And uh, so we, he said, well, I'll do it, but I want to open up into the U.S. marketplace. And free trade in 1990 was just done. So I made the move and totally changed careers. Yeah. And built that business up uh, over the a number of years, and it was good. Yeah, we had a good run there. Yeah. yeah. How long was that? Seven years. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, what prompted the change? Like, what? Where? Where did? Uh, well, there was. Uh, I don't want to get into too much details, but uh, let's just say uh, I was penalized for being too successful. And, uh, and, and one of the life lessons I, I learned from that is you should never penalize anyone in sales for being successful. If you've got your business properly structured and you're the owner, you want your marketing salespeople to make a hundred grand. You want your marketing people to make 200 grand because if you've structured the business the proper way, you're doing okay too. And people lost sight of that at where I was. So it was unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, it, I had to move on based right. on what happened. So Yeah. Like a, a lot of people have this preconceived notion that, you know, business mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. is just this linear line of you start a business, you grow the business, and then you either it becomes successful or, you know, but really, the ups and downs of oh. of everything, like how many how many companies were started before a successful one starts? Like I've started a few companies that like they picked up and then they dropped down and they're yeah. dead. Yeah, I, th- I don't know what the the percentage is, but it's pretty high. Like most businesses fail after I think it's eighty percent after the first two years. So it, it it's tough, right? And I'll be honest, it's it's harder today than it's ever been for two reasons. One is just the the sheer volume of information from the multimedia, um, the IT changes. You know, like I said to you earlier, you know, we've done more IT changes in our company in the financial service side uh, in the last eleven months than we've done in the previous eleven years combined. Mm-hmm. You almost need, you know, you you need core professionals to help you run your business uh, successfully, right? Yep. And uh, keep let, letting us do what's what we do best so um but anyways after the, the the printing deco business i did a little bit in the trucking industry with doug harvey great guy maximum trailers uh but i just i i, I couldn't sell the big trucks that wasn't me and then i i spent about four years in the, the trades not that i did the work but um, an hvac company refrigeration and still exists today called airwise and yep. there was four other guys that were partners in the business, good guys, and uh, a couple of them are still good clients of mine, but um, I, it just wasn't for me. So we, we parted ways. They bought out my shares, and at, as that was going on at the same time, 
uh, you know, my financial advisor proceeded to help lose for me, sorry, sorry to my wife Judy here, $140,000 of our investments in six months as he drove away with his convertible Mercedes on me. And I, I remember saying to myself as he was leaving the parking lot, I said, I worked hard over the last 10 years to build that wealth to have him lose it. And I, I made a commitment to get back into the financial service business because, you know, I took pride. I knew the insurance side. I didn't know the investment side. And I realized I, I needed to know, I needed to take responsibility for my own financial success, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say to people, you think it's the hard part, but it's not. Making the money isn't the hard part in life. The hard part is keeping it. And, uh, and, and one of the reasons why I started the I for Business Center was I heard it over and over again with the business owner. Here's the deal, Joe. I got all this money, but the, the banker says this, the lawyer says this, the accountant says this, the insurance guy says this, and the investment guy says this, and you're all different. You're all on different pages, and we don't know who to believe. And so based on that, that's when I, I, I spent six and a half years in with Investors Group. But, but after hearing this message on and on, I said, I got I to gotta start my own business. And, it, and Maximum Wealth Strategy started in September 1, 2009 with that whole premise, right? And, and so we started, and, and as we were moving along, and I was building my other team of professionals, uh, we realized that, holy mackerel, I think lazy. My wife says I am lazy, but it's I think lazy, and there is a difference, right? And I kind of said to myself, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had all of us professionals under one roof so the business would come and we work in a collaborative environment? So long story short, on uh, June of, sorry, August of 2016, we, we opened up the Eye for Business Center, which is just in McCreary Business Park, uh, just by Fort White Center. And we have 27 offices, and we got other financial advisors. we got HR people. we got uh, legal counsel. We have um, people that work with Canada Pension Disability. Um, we got HR, or sorry, not HR, health benefits. And, and we work in a collaborative environment, and it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of the best decisions I ever made doing that. So what your what you kind of put together here is like a one-stop shop for people yep. or and, yep. kind of, and they can, they can choose what they want or it's, it's an all-inclusive, like a holistic approach to them where you're looking at everything. Yeah. And, and so what I've developed over the years with a, a number of professionals that the biggest issue, I like to me, the number one issue, well, I was reading this book, and I encourage everyone to read this book because to me it made sense. It's titled The Real Fountain of Youth by Kimberly Palm, P-A-L-M. Amazon sells it. Um, but to me, based on my own personal experience, what I had to go through as a young person, um, the page one of this book, first paragraph, first sentence, hit me like a ton of bricks because it said, 98% of all illnesses in life are caused by one thing. And that is stress. What's the number one stressor in people's lives? It's financial. It's what I do. Uh, husband, wife argue over money. The husband can't think properly at work because he's 
worrying about the credit card debt. The kids hear the parents arguing, and then you kick the dog at the end of the day, right? Um, so I realize our industry, the financial service industry, plays a critical role in people's lives in, in many ways. And so I, I've, I'll be honest, I, I made it my mission to help people the best I can. And, and I'll be honest, through a lot of years behind the scene, uh, like I'm an early riser. And, and when I say early, like 3.15, 3.30, and I can't shut it off on the weekends. That's just the way I'm wired. But some of my best ideas and work uh, that my I do, and, and obviously with my son, Mitch, who's involved in the business, he's very good at this too, is that's when we come up with our best ideas. And so, um, yeah, I'm on a mission to add value to people's lives. And, and, and we work hard for our money. We really do. But working smart and, and understanding, I don't care what people do, whenever they have to make a financial decision, whether it's an investment, whether it's real estate, or investment in a stock, or whatever, you got to ask yourself one question. What do I keep? What do I keep out of this transaction? Like, what's my... We Our industry focuses on a thing called a rate of return. Well, you know what? I can't control your rate of return. No one can. The banks can't. The investment... If someone says, I can get you a 10% rate of return consistently in, in the stock market, they're lying to you, right? So so then you I started to focus on things. Well, what are the things I can control for the client? Well, simple. Understanding... Our taxation of our, of our whole tax system, whether it's on the personal side or the corporate side. And I'm just blown away at how little our financial service industry understands that. No one talks about it. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse when you talk about taxation on investments. No one talks about that. And it's the way the system is set up. We have... Probably most Canadians, and I'm going to say like when I say most, 98% or more, are invested in three types of, of investments in the financial service. Seg funds, segregated funds, mm-hmm. mutual funds, and pooled funds. And when you have wealth, and when I say wealth, like money outside of registered money of RSPs and TFSAs, so you have personal cash or corporate cash invested in these kind of investments, there's a lot of things from a taxation point of view that you're paying tax on that you don't even realize that you're not triggering um so so anyways that's we take pride in that and i'll be honest i have i have yet to meet anyone in all my years that's doing everything right so i know i can help everyone but the biggest challenge i throw back to people it's a two-way street i'm willing to help you i'll find you money think about what i just said Tell me anyone else you meet out there that says, I can find you money in what you're doing. No one. Everyone's saying, hey, I need this money. The government wants more property tax. You got to pay more because we went $300 billion in deficit. So you got to pay more into CPP. But I can find you money. But for the relationship to work, I need the info. And I always say to people, if I don't get the info I need, I can't do my job for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't care about this, then neither do I, right? That's that's really it's a two way street. But uh, is that what you find is the kind of the hardest? Yeah, you know everyone's working so hard to get by, so hard 
in the day to day they 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 need to take the time and just slow down and 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 do what I call more deep thinking critical thinking mm-hmm. where do you want to go and like I said to you earlier like our meetings aren't that complicated we have a one page sheet now and it has four questions on it what do you want what do you keep how do you get there and timelines what time frame we're talking about and so we've uh, we've come up with a couple really neat concepts. Um, they're still being worked through, but um, yeah, it's they're significant. And uh, one of the benefits some of my other I tenant members don't realize yet um, in the financial advising side is we're going to be sharing this information with them early in the new year. But I'm hoping it'll change. Uh, our approach with the financial service industry and, and really focus on more value added uh, to to individuals and business owners. Now, who is your, <clears throat> so we're talking about this, who is your, who is your, I, I don't want to say ideal client, but is this something that like people have to get to a certain level before they start thinking about this? Is there a, a barrier to entry? Yeah, so so it, great question. There's a lot of. Uh, um, I'll share this with you. I run across this all the time, and I'm I'm big and share my information, my knowledge to other advisors, and I get this question asked a lot of me, Joe. I want to work in the I want to work in the business owner market, and I'll say, great. Are you incorporated? And they'll say no. I said, well, that's a problem. I said. How can you expect to have an intelligent conversation with a business owner who's incorporated when you're not? Do you know what a balance sheet? Do you know what capital dividends are? Do you know what uh, GRIP is? Do you know what, uh, uh, what is it called? RDTOH is? Do you know how it flows out? Do you know what the small business tax rate in Manitoba? And they'll look at me with a deer in a headlight and say, you need to get financial intelligence first. But before you even do that, you got to be... Or, or, or people who say, you know, critical illness, like you said, how much critical illness do you have? Well, I have not. Well, how, how do you expect other people to buy this stuff from you, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't even believe in it. So it's, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a step uh, that people have to take. Mm-hmm. And, and our industry is changing in a big way. Um, the, 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 you know, whether it's Investors Group or, or Freedom 55, which is London Life, it's it's going from these large corporations where they got all these advisors uh, and and they hire them out of university or you work somewhere selling cars and those days are gone. It's it's now kind of going the way of independence, kind of like us, mm-hmm. and we're truly like a a business professional. We're we're no different than an accountant now or whatever, right? The, the ones that think this way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I think it's a step in the right direction, actually, because it's, it's, it's a true dedication to your craft, right? And you got to work at it. The financial services is like a, to, to most people, I would say, is kind of like a, not a gray zone, but they just don't know anything about it, right? It's kind of a scary yeah. thing, as well as, you know, we've seen so many uh, examples of either fraud or issues right you said about your guy early on um what do you find being in it you're saying that it's that 
things are kind of changing in the investment world, but what is the biggest problem that you see and, and how are we moving? How is the industry moving as a whole? Yeah, well, I think I think technology has has made a huge impact, right? right? Yeah. Um, and and I'll be honest, as an independent financial advisor, you better embrace the technology, or you'll get eaten alive. Right. Uh, it just it's I I think about one like besides those questions I said, what do you want? What do you keep? How do we get there? The number one thing I focus about all the time is time. I'm constantly figuring out ways how to find time. To me, that's the most important thing you can have. Money, guess what? I make money, I lose money, I work harder and make it back. Mm -hmm. Health, I got some health issues, you know what? Go on a diet, start going for long walks, exercise. A lot of cases, and a lot of it's up here too, mentally, Mm -hmm. you can get, but if I have a supplier that wastes an hour and a half of my time because they don't know their job, their incompetency, I can't get that hour and a half back. Right. It's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And as you get older in life and your runway is shorter, you, you kind of get more selective, right? Um, so I'll give you a, a, one little idea, and this is how I think, is when COVID first hit, well, I was a member at... Uh, Good life on Keniston. I'd go there, you know, five times a week and drive there, do the workout and whatever. And then COVID hit. You couldn't really go over there for a while. So I got introduced to an online exercise and their corporate clients, good friend, family, friends. But it 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 allowed me, I started saying to myself, well, just wait, how much time do I spend driving from my house to go there mm-hmm. and then drive back and 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 it added up to, and I'm not that far away from the place, but it was 125 hours in a year. 125, that's three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, think, I just found three weeks of time. Well, I can go on a holiday with the family for a week. I can work an extra week. That's significant, right? Because I get up early, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to do lineups, right? If you know, Walmart's open at seven on Saturday. I'm the first guy in the building because there's no lineups, right? So when you start thinking about all the stuff we do in our life where you're waiting in line for things, that's time you can't get back, right? So anyways, I'm, I'm big on time. Yeah. And uh, like to give you an idea on technology, I'm going to give a plug to this company here. It's, it's a software called Calendly and it's an online booking service but what i've done i've taken it a step farther where we have our other professionals i pay a hundred dollars us a year and i have my tax lawyer i have my accountant i have my bookkeeper i have my hr company i have my health benefit i have mitch and i and i can send an email link to that one client and we can have seven of us they book it at their own time we don't even talk and it simultaneously books all seven of us like how good, how efficient is that? Yeah. I, in the old days, I would uh, just trying to book me and the lawyer and the client. It could take four phone calls and 11 emails and, and over four hours to get it done. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a link. It takes me 30 seconds. Like those are things that are just huge, right? Yeah. Um, another thing we've done, uh, CRA, our company became a CRA rep. 
So what, what does that allow us to do? It gives us online access to the client's tax returns and the corporate tax returns. Here again, we wasted so That's much true. time trying to get info. Yep. And I, and I get it. Business owners are busy. They don't, and they don't know where the stuff is. Accountants, they're kind of busy, but you know, they, they don't respond. Um, but we're looking at actually a new technology because I found CRA isn't very responsive either, right? And uh, they shut down Imagine three to that. six. They're <laughs> shut down every night from three to six a.m. Well, guess what? I'm up at four. I need, I need the in- I can't get the info, right? right? So there's a new technology called Side Drawer. We're going to look at uh, probably go with it and allows each professional. It's a filing cabinet. It's cyber thing where I can put my big picture plan in one drawer. The accountant can put the tax returns. Our, our investment supplier, BCV Asset Management, could put their reports. The lawyer could put the articles of incorporation. Mm-hmm. And then everyone has access. How good is that? That's 24-7. So that, that's the thing I see if companies uh, embrace the technology because there is so much good stuff out there. And you know what? You can't know everything, so outsource that, right? And yep. um, that's what we've done. Yeah. So you kind of, you you've touched on it a few times, but... As I was doing a little more uh, digging and, and talking to people about you, everyone said the same thing, What's that? At, at least at one point or another, was they touched on your morning routine. And, and it, it kind of sparked with me because I'm a big morning guy too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe in, you know, that's the time that we, we work on ourselves, that we can, mm-hmm. uh, we can create Absolutely. a... I've I've always been comparing it to um, baseball, where we're we're hitting singles in the morning. You're doing small things every day over a long term. Yep. So, uh, where did your morning? Well, first, what is your morning routine? And second, where did how did you in, create it, invent it, discover it, learn it? Well, I'll tell you, uh, um, I've always been a morning person, but it changed significantly. About so you've s- always got up early? Is not, not as early as what I do now. Okay. It happened about seven years ago. And, and what happened, Dan, was <clears throat> I realized to take my business to the next level, I needed to build the business center. Um, well, I had never done real estate. I, I'm not a handyman at all. I, I, I've never didn't even know the first thing on how to do this but deep down I knew I needed to do this to really add value to my corporate clients and my individual clients lives so um, I'm sitting there one day and you know I I, kind of said to myself what what do I do with my life after 9 p.m. at night and probably like a lot of you I'm sitting in my lazy boy in the basement with the big screen TV, just kind of on the remote and start dozing off about nine fifteen. I sit there for a couple hours, then stumble up and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, well, you know what? Just start going to bed at nine or eight 45 and see when you wake up. And then, cause I had to find time. And so I started doing that and I naturally just start getting up at like four or three mm-hmm. forty-five. So it allowed me to, have time to work on this massive project called the Eye for Business Center. And um, my business partner there is Joe Poploski. And I remember him while we were working on it, I remember him, how's it going? And I said, I'm just grinding. He said, oh, yeah, grind. I, and so my, my to-do list on Monday would be 120 things. Absolutely no way I could get it done. But mm-hmm. I'm up at 4. 
I was going to like six and I'd get the 140 down to maybe 80. But guess what? There'd be 50 new things. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually falling behind. And that went on for till Friday. And Friday, my to-do list might be 200, but I would not work 16 hour days. I would cut it down maybe to 14 or 12 hour days on the weekend and I get it back to 120 and I do this all over. And this went on for 10 months. Sounds like a losing battle. Well, in the end it was, it was hard, but you know what? Uh, we achieved, like I said, I'd never done real estate, never done a construction job. And we came in $80,000 under budget and we moved into the building, um, two months ahead of schedule. Wow. And, and now I hear often hear that. No, and, and, and I'm going to give pre-con builders, mm-hmm. uh, Robin Lee and Jeff Harlock, kudos. They were fantastic to work with, especially with a rookie. And and they they made it happen. They were just, I can't say enough great things about those guys. So, nice. um, yeah, but at the end of the day, so what ended up happening, you know, it, we're creatures of habit. So the rule of thumb is, uh, I think you got to do 21 days of doing something. Well, I did it for 10 months. Guess mm-hmm. what? I couldn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. So I just became a creature of habit. And then... Because I critically think so much, uh, I don't know about you, but I I, I put on <laughs> angel music or Celtic music with mm-hmm. flutes and high pitched voices, and um, uh, it gets me thinking even more creatively. And I, I like I, most of the stuff I've invented or have come up with, I've come up where I can safely say ninety eight percent of the population is still in bed sleeping. Mm-hmm. So, but how, why do I do that? How can I do that? I love what I do, and 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 it, I want to talk about this because I, I I see people in general. I don't care whether you're a business owner, individual, a student. You know, and we were talking about this earlier. Well, what's your passion? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Well, what's your purpose in life, right? Um, and so we've partnered with a couple HR companies that help us with people that are struggling there, and and. The first company, uh, Barry Jansen of Jansen HR, just a great guy. He has this thing. It's called a personality survey. It's 220 questions. It's online. It takes 30 minutes to do. But it's way more than that. It it tells the individual how they're wired, mm-hmm. wh- why they do what they do. And most important, then it also tells them. It's about a 12-page report. Uh, but it also tells them these are the top 10 things in your career or position you should be doing these are things you would excel at because you're natural at it and then more importantly he also lists here are the top 10 things you shouldn't be doing because those are things you're going to say hey get me out of here Mm -hmm. so then what we do is once that part's figured out we work with another company called stone strategies Derek rolston and we get them set up with him and he's fantastic because he now that he knows what their interests are he finds the industries they're going to be a good fit. He mm-hmm. helps them with job resume, getting prepped for the interview. So, to, to give you an idea how we've taken this to a level, I had a client um, who was a, a retired hydro employee. I'm not going to mention his name, obviously, f- for privacy reasons. But he he um, got sick and and passed away with cancer. Um, so. My son Mitch was meeting with with the widow, and I sat in a bit on the meeting, and uh, we were trying to help her figure out, you know, can you retire it, and, and what do you? And we noticed this line item on her expenses, and it was like fifteen hundred dollars a month, eighteen grand a year after tax, right? 
And I said, what is this? And it was uh, helping to cover university for the daughter, who was like 27, I think, or 26, and not um, second year arts, right? So, and I looked at her and I said, you like, you can't be doing this. Like, you, you can't afford throwing. So unbeknownst to, to me, my son Mitch uh, met with her, had her fill out this personality survey, paid the $85, and we got her introduced to Mr. Mr. Stone's strategies and uh, helped her get a job. And we were able to take that $18,000 cost off the mom and allowed her to retire. Do you think she's going to leave? So those are the kind of things. But I'm big on helping young people, uh, like kids that are in grade 10 or 11. What do you want, right? Like they don't know what they want, That's right? That's tough question. That and, and no, because I don't know if the brain's fully developed to even comprehend. But mm-hmm. if they filled out one of these things, it would it would tell them. Like, um, so I think that's, that's a huge value add we're doing today that most people in our business don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. Help, just helping people. There's an old line, service to others, not service to self, right? Just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes back in, in, in spades. Well, you're talking about advocating, right? Being, yeah. being a professional advocate for, for your client. It sounds like, um, as you put together the eye for business, I mean, you're a, you're a business owner and an entrepreneur that's building a, a, an entire organization to help businesses and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. succeed. Mm-hmm. So it, it, was this really like you're, you're almost building what you wish that you had? Or was it, was it based on like, I've had issues with HR we need an HR person or, or how did it, like, how did that idea? Yeah. So, so what happened was in 2001, when I first started with investors group, like I was out of the industry for like, I don't know, like 12 years. Right. So, you know, someone said, well, start your own business group. So Mm -hmm. I did. And it was actually the I for business networking group we started. And, and I encourage anyone who's, who owns their own business and is new. This is to me the, the, smartest, fastest, simplest way to build your business. And we structured it where everyone had to be an incorporated business owner. And they had to be. We didn't want salespeople. Mm-hmm. You had to be your own business owner. And we made another rule where exclusivity. So we would not have, let's say, four car dealerships, right? Like it's the one guy, right? right. And... And then we just get together and we share ideas and share the services and just help each other. And I found with business owners versus, you know, I know there's other networking groups where it's more just sales and leads lead. The business owner thinks differently. They're not going to refer to any business leads. They want to know who you are first as a person. What are your values Mm -hmm. personally and ethically as a business? And then once they get to know you, well, then look out. And so we did some charity golf tournaments. Uh, we raised a lot of money for the Children's Rehab Center over the years. We, we Just some great memories. Hal Anderson was, was a member for a number of years. Nice. Just, a, just a real character. I miss Hal. But uh, yeah, so it was fantastic. And, and then when I left and, um, and started uh, Maximum Wealth on my own and I wanted to build the business center, I just kind of said to myself, 
well, why don't I just call it the I for Business? It's just a continuation. But now instead of just meeting with business owners biweekly, we've got a freaking base, a foundation where you know they can go to. So, right. so you're you're when we look at it, you're from Winnipeg. You've built almost all of your stuff in Winnipeg. Yep. Uh, but you have clients. You have partners all over the country, all over North America. What? What do you find is the biggest difference between? Do you see any difference between Winnipeg and anywhere else? So um, in in the nineties, I did a lot of traveling in the U.S. because that's all I did. I was probably on the road two and a half weeks out of the month, mainly Minneapolis, Midwest, like Iowa, Nebraska, sometimes down in the southern states. And um, you know what? There's something to be said for Winnipeg. Uh, these other places, great to visit, but. Winnipeg to me has always been home. It's very affordable mm-hmm. to raise a family. You know, all you have to do is go to Vancouver. Like, I, you know, you want to be a dishwasher in Vancouver? The going rate's like fifty thousand dollars a year. Like, but 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 the house is two point eight million, right? right. For a, probably a, like a six hundred thousand dollar house here. So very affordable. It's 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 got kind of like a big city feel, but it's still small town like you've heard the saying you know this is a small town and it, and it's true right mm-hmm. you know what was really neat I, I went to Vincent Massey High School and moved into uh, you know White Ridge in southwest Winnipeg and I'll bet you I probably knew 20% of all the households they either went to high school with either me or my older sister or my younger brother like mm-hmm. how how neat is that so um and and we've got a lot like we got the lakes we got the cottage country um we got a lot and i'm you know i'll take winnipeg over really any anywhere else so and and on a side note the girls are better looking here too so (laughs) it's got to be the water yeah yeah. we've got clean water here what's the what's the hardest thing you find about um that you hear in comparison to stuff you hear from people in other cities, are the hardships the same? Are the are the, is the is the the leaders of Winnipeg versus other cities? Do you, do you hear the same issues that are coming up, or are ours different? You know what? I'll be honest. Um, I don't I don't really follow the day to day news. I'm so focused in what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I just, you know, I don't read the newspaper. I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Because um, I don't either. I Here's another thing I, I haven't mentioned, I, and I think this is so important. I don't care who you are, is a couple things. Surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, right? I I work with, with some of the smartest minds I, I know of in their trade. Now, we're not going to win any beauty contests, but that isn't why I got them there for. So that's... That's number one. Just, I can't stress that one enough. Oh, and then the the other thing, sorry, the other thought was eliminate immediately people that are negative thinking and surround yourself with positive thinking people. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. You could be in a room with five people, get along, they're a team, and that sixth person walks in the room, and in five minutes they can bring the other five positive down. I'm speaking from experience in previous careers, previous mm-hmm. people, uh, and and I and you know we're at a wonderful place right now at Maximum Wealth. We're a team of five. We all get along, 
and and we're all on the same page of of doing what we want to do for our clients yeah so if you could kind of go back in time and your 18 year old self is in front of you what are some things that you tell what i do what differently or or any advice that you would give somebody um hmm, good question just uh, i'll be honest figure out what you're passionate about Hmm. that's number one and then make a business out of it if there's a book i would strongly recommend everyone and anyone to read is uh and my son just gave it to me three months ago is rich dad poor dad the newest edition if uh, you could take that fellow's face off and put my face and everything in that book is so true Hmm. and it's if i had to write a book i i those values those ideas are bang on Mm -hmm. here's why you want to be an incorporated business owner it's really this simple and rich dad poor dad talks about it in life you earn money as an individual then they tax you and then whatever's left over you get to buy a house hopefully and buy groceries and get a car and blah 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 and get taxed again and get taxed again as a incorporated business owner you earn money you spend on things to run the business you need a cell phone you need a computer things you would buy personally anyways Mm -hmm. but you write them off against your income and then whatever's left over then you pay tax that what i just said there to a person who's 25 years old working for 35 years that will probably be a difference of one point five to two million dollars in net wealth. Mm. So, uh, the other thing people don't realize is we have the lowest small business tax rate in Canada. In it's, Manitoba. Here? Yep. Yep. At nine percent on the first five hundred thousand dollars of profit. Yet, when I meet people in my travels, they're not building wealth the right way. So they should be building wealth corporately, not individually. So that's my, my, find a business, find your passion, make a business out of it. And you'll be so much farther ahead in life. Surround yourself with smarter people, set up a business networking group and service to others, not service to self. And and you'll be fine. (laughs) Those are phenomenal things to live by. Um, Is there anything... Is there anything I didn't ask you that's really important in your life? Um, no, I think, I, I really think uh, we, we covered most of the stuff. Um, I really feel um, as, as a society, um, we need to give back and, and, uh, What's that saying? I'm, I hope I don't butcher JFK. Not what, not, not what can you do for mankind? Not what can mankind do for you? What can you do for mankind? Right? Like, what are you gonna do? Right? right? Uh, to make a difference. And um, I just think people just, why are you here? I know that's a simple question, but it's a very deep oh, question. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't want to 
go there. And um, but until you answer some of those questions about yourselves, mm-hmm. you can't get to where you got to go. Right. So, what do you want? What do you keep? How do you get there? And and time. That's it. Right. And uh, I th- I think uh, yeah. So that's kind of where my head's at on on those topics. But. Well, I I I I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that time is something that's quite important to you. Yeah. Um. So it means a lot that you're here. I I'm. I don't often get time to you know sit down and directly honor somebody for their uh, their not only contributions but just the way that you know you you approach people. I know that. You know, I've done some some stuff with you, yep. and just the way that you guys go about it, I really I really like it. It's refreshing. It is different in the financial services. I think that you know, in the same way that we look at our clients uh, in the custom home building industry, as far mm-hmm. as how do we advocate for them, right? We we know things that they don't. Right. Um, we try to educate them as much as possible, yeah. which I I see in your uh, company and. and yeah. Your approach to it is you try to educate, you're acting as an advocate, uh, you're coming at it with a holistic approach yeah. as far as, well, let's not just focus on one thing because if this thing hammers down, yeah. your life's going to fall apart anyways. Yeah. So maybe one last thing to share with you. It's, it's a pretty big project. I started it. So I call my professional team the A-team. They like that. So we met, <laughs> we met a couple weeks ago and we're working on seven possibly eight concepts there's a new new software company in winnipeg called conquest software planning these guys are brilliant i've I've been working with a couple of them over a number of years and they're launching well they've launched it but we're we're going to use this new software and they're going to be doing this all over the world winnipeg based company Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to work with the a team and build these concepts and then we're going to share it with um, the I for Business Center, other advisors. And and the neat thing about it is I'm telling you right now, these things will make everyone a multimillionaire. Because if you truly understand how our tax system works mm-hmm. and how much money you're throwing away that you don't even realize... Is it is this an educational platform? Is it uh, a service? Is it's it... well, it's it's going to be uh, basically the way I the way I operate is we do everything on a referral basis, which is fantastic because uh, we we do have some very good clients that you know rave about us. So when that person walks in the door, I'm not I'm not spending one second of my time. Why Max Wealth? Why Joe Pisek? That's done. Mm-hmm. I'm focused 100% of my time. What's your situation, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we, our focus is figuring that out. And like you said earlier, Dan, maybe the biggest issue on their mind has nothing to do with what I do. It could be an HR thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get that guy in first, right? right. Um, but, but then from there, once that's figured out, is take these concepts and, and build them and, and help them and... Uh, I don't know. Like, it's the old adage. When when I was on the other side, and you got to appreciate, it, I, I'm an I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be in the financial service business that focuses on time management. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. But I was on the other side. I I was in the trades, and I remember 
when I was the GM of this company, I, I, I had to deal with a group insurance guy. I had to deal with an investment guy. And I had to deal with an insurance guy. Mm-hmm. I remember saying, why do I got to deal with three of you? Why do I have to tell this story three times? I just want to deal with one guy. Let him figure it out. Behind. Well, then I said, well, I guess I can be that guy. And that's kind of how it evolved. And that's the reason why I got back in the financial service industry. And a lot of people don't realize, I don't care how much you make on the front end. If you're leaking on the back end, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. That's right. Right? So, um, and sometimes you have to have co- hard conversations with people. Sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes it's like, if you keep doing what you're doing, you run out of money in eight years. Mm-hmm. Um and the old adage, want versus need. Yeah, everyone wants that new car. But do you really need it? Right? And explaining to them what that means. So on the last part is is once we get in the timeline on this is probably next spring, uh, March, April, we'll have it done. Mm-hmm. We'll present it to a few select business owner clients we have. And then we'll kind of take it to the next level. And then the, the thing we'll do, because, you know, CRA, they never end. They always want to figure out another way to tax you. We will constantly, as a professional team, update what are those changes and implement it. So it'll be an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited because I, as far as I know, no one else is doing this anywhere. It's first ever. Yeah, in Canada, maybe in North America. But it's all about, I think, as a society, it's we've been uh, uh, win at all costs, you know, I'm the accountant, I just do this. You're the lawyer, you just do that. I'm the investment advisor. And it's like, no. All three of us play a role to help that business owner out. And mm-hmm. we got to work as a team, not hiding in for, or not shooting down my idea because you're not well-versed in what I do. So your way of recommending the strategy is just poo-pooing it. Because right. you don't want to let your client know you don't know what that is. That's right. Right. Yeah. And I see that with a lot of accountants, actually. When you bring people in and you're assessing their their um, what's going on with them, do you find that it that you often have to probe a little deeper than what's surface? Like, is it is it hard? Because you, you and I talked earlier about kind of uh, the truth and how it's how telling the truth mm-hmm. uh, often is hard for people because it creates uh, it could be uncomfortable mm-hmm. right and it generally is especially when you're talking about money yep money um, and kids kids well, and money that's that's another touchy subject i'll tell you right <laughs> yeah oh yeah so in, in order to to dive in like what is it because i imagine that if you're starting from from a well we always said my, the biggest thing the biggest shift in my life was understanding how important the truth is and telling ourselves the truth, right? Really looking mm-hmm. at the facts of, of stuff. Can, can I go off on a tangent here? Absolutely. Um, so, um, and inc- include this in your link if you want to send it out. I shared with you in an email, uh, he goes by ET, um, short for Eric Thomas. He's a motivational speaker. I stumbled across this guy about three years ago. And I'm telling you, those videos, he's got many of them, and they're all free, right, on Google or YouTube. Mm-hmm. You listen to that guy speak, and if you don't want to go through that wall, right? Here was a guy that was living in on the streets. He was eating out of garbage cans, trash cans. He was living in abandoned apartments and, and uh, 
and I think he's the number one, or if not the, he makes Anthony Robbins look old. Uh, that's how much passion he brings to it. So I encourage people to yeah. listen to him and get motivated. I, 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 on the weekend, I was just listening to one of his clips. It was only three minutes long, but it was so good. I watched it 12 times in a row, right? It's just that. So just being excited about being here and doing what you love to do. Mm-hmm. When you do something you love to do, it's not a job. And so when I get up at 3.30 or quarter, it's not a job. It's, it's, it's a way of life. Mm. And I'll share this with you. Uh, and uh, three years ago or two years ago, uh, I made a commitment to my family. When Joe turned 55, we're going to Italy. Love Italy. And, and, and we did go three weeks. One of the best vacations. Well, it was our best vacation we ever did as a family. So, but my, my wife, Judy, said, uh, no laptop. It's a holiday. No. So, okay, okay, good. But on the way to the airport, my cell phone actually fell out and I lost it on the way to the airport here in Winnipeg to go to Italy. So I had no phone either for three weeks. So had a great trip, did a lot of things, drank a little red wine, saw it was just beautiful, beautiful country, great people. Come back and it's now a week after I'm back, maybe 10 days even. And it's quiet. I'm at the office. And I'm working on something. And uh, I started working on it. I'm I'm looking at the screen. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking. And I go, oh, my God. It was something that normally would take me five to seven minutes to do. took me like 20 minutes. And I said to myself, holy mackerel. I took a rest of my brain off for four weeks to, and look how much it it's. So getting back to routine mm-hmm. day in, day out, I, I just, I think that's so important, right? Um, but you got to work your mind. Your mind is no different than your biceps, right? And um, I see a lot of people when they, they work their whole life, then they retire and they don't really have a hobby. And, before you know it, they're going to the old folks' home, right? And they're like mm-hmm. 68, or they their mind starts to wander. Mm-hmm. And I go, what's going on? So for me, I probably will never retire. Uh, I love what I do. In fact, I got a I got a corporate client at one of the largest law firms in, in Winnipeg, and um, <laughs> I know there was a free press article written about this individual. He's the oldest serving full time lawyer in Winnipeg. And so we have their benefits, health benefits, and it's with RBC and the fellow was presenting with RBC, the benefit. And he starts talking about out of country travel and how, you know, as long as you're employed, you may have this coverage up to age a hundred. He immediately puts up his hand (laughs) and he says, excuse me. I go, he says, yes. Why only a hundred? He says, what? He says, I'm 95 and I just renewed my passport for another 10 years. And he looked at me and says, I'm an optimist, right? <laughs> so God bless him, right? I don't know if I'll be still doing that. But, but hey, as long as you enjoy it and you're, you're yeah. detrimental, for, why not? Yeah, It's all in the mind. The mind can achieve great things. You have no idea what you can achieve until you start going after it. Mm-hmm. As E.T. says, get after it. When I heard that, when, when you look at, so perspective is everything, right? When, when you look at, 
or when I heard that anything great, anything even ever created mm-hmm. was first a thought in someone's mind. Yeah. And that to me is just, you know, the power of the mind is everything. Yeah. Why, why can two people see the same thing and one be successful and the other not? I'll, I'll tell you, I like, I know this sounds simple, but it's not like I, when I look around, I just say, when people talk to me, I say, well, what do you keep out of it? And when you start thinking that way, you see opportunities like you would never see before. Mm-hmm. You, you have no idea. So what do you keep? That's a good, that's a, that's yeah. an important question. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming by. This was uh, to learn more about everything that's happening over at I I for Businesses. Is I think it's unbelievable, and I'll probably be there in we, the next little bit. Yeah, well. just well, just just so you know, Dan, we had uh, we had a seminar uh, on where a fellow was speaking, uh, George Sigerson. He's the godfather of the insurance industry. Sure. God bless him, Sigerson Financial Group. Yeah. George uh, spoke much like a podcast like this format. And just just a wealth of knowledge, but he a lot of what I shared with you today. He he was my mentor, right? He was the one that sat me down and told me the importance at age twenty two of a whole life power policy and the power it can do. And I didn't really realize the power of that until it was Great Cup Sunday, Sunday morning, two thousand fifteen, at eleven a.m. And I get this phone call, and it's a real estate guy. And he says to me, he says, I hear you're looking for a building for your business. I said, yes, I am. I got one I want to show you right away. I said, well, it's Great Cup Sunday. He says, I don't care. He said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So it's 11 a.m. Mitch and I go look at it. And it's, it's like everything I want. It's, it's three minutes from my house. It's, it's built, but it's not furnished inside. It's mm-hmm. So I can whatever. And I'm looking at it. He says, what do you think? I said, I like it. He says, great. Make me an offer. And I look at this guy and say, make it. I just met you five minutes. This is a multi-million dollar decision. Mm-hmm. He says to me, oh, you want to think about it? That's okay. Think all you want. <laughs> just don't think too long. <laughs> right. I got three more people coming on Tuesday afternoon. So I'm at the I'm at the Grey Cup game. And obviously, I wasn't thinking about the game. I'm like, how am I going to do this? But I had built this war chest of cash in this little policy that George sold me that allowed me to make an executive decision. There was no banks involved. Mm-hmm. I, I, There was no way I was going to get financially approved in 36 hours. Yep. So I pulled the trigger, and as they say, the rest is history. So kudos to George, and uh, just a great guy. But there's another guy. He's 73 years old. And he told, he told the group, he wrote up 16 insurance policies last week, and yesterday was a was an average day. He had nine appointments, Right. He's just one of a kind. So great, great guy to to be associated well, with. Well, the mind's probably pretty strong there to keep that body going. Yeah, we talk a lot. Uh, we probably talk probably once every three weeks, and we get together once every quarter for yeah. breakfast or lunch. And yeah, just uh, but he, his setup is the same way. He's got his own business. He's got an office downtown, and kind of much like what we've done. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, beautiful. But, yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, good job. Yeah. Thanks. Stay, thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, if if there's one thing I can say, if I just whatever I said today opened up one young person's mind to to go get it, or or and I encourage you post some of those videos on ET, or or help the business owner say, hey, 
there's a way out, right? Because, um, yeah, there's there's solutions out there, but you gotta you gotta work at it too. It's a two-way street, right? That's that's it for my end. I love it. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Yeah.